Hey everyone, this is Kurt Mercadante, and whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener, I want to thank you for choosing to spend your time with me and our guests here on Freedom Mindset Radio. You know, now more than ever in this turbulent time, it's important to share and spread our message of freedom and fulfillment around the globe. So if you get value from this podcast, I have a favor to ask. If you could go wherever you listen to this podcast and leave us a positive rating and review, that helps us carry our message further around the globe. And if you wouldn't mind, Post a link to this podcast on your Facebook page. Share it on Twitter, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, wherever you're at on social media. I want to thank you for helping us take our message to those people around the globe who truly need it. And I want to thank you for being a loyal listener. Thank you. I don't think you can look back to our our founding fathers look at the Bill of Rights, Declaration of Independence, and decide how to play this. Like, this is, we need really smart people thinking about the next 100 years, not looking back to 200 years ago. What does the word freedom mean to you? Only you can define it in your life, and only you can decide to build the life of freedom and fulfillment you deserve. This is Freedom Mindset Radio. I'm your host, Kurt Mercadante, and we're grateful you're here. Hey everyone, this is Kurt Mercadante with the Freedom Media Network. We're back again with another incredible interview. We are here in Washington, D.C. with another very special guest, Jordan Lieberman. He is a political mainstay, one of the top digital strategists in the country in terms of politics, a former publisher of Campaigns and Elections Magazine. He's now general manager, VP of the political team at A4 Media. Jordan, thanks so much for joining us. Great to be here. All right, Jordan, so the only set question we ever ask anyone on this on this uh, show is the word freedom. Yes. What does that word freedom mean to you? Freedom to me means being able to do your job, enjoy your job, love your job, but really from wherever, whenever. And um, I have the wonderful opportunity at work and at home to be able to basically do my job from my cell phone, oftentimes yeah. at the office, but not always. <laughs> That's awesome. and, and um, Obviously, you and I have worked together for, I don't know, a decade. And you knew who I was before I even knew it because you were in a political uh, publication under a nom de plume, right? And, and I knew uh, you 10 years before you knew me. Yeah, that's right. I remember the first uh, meeting you said, I know who you are. And I'm like, okay, well, you're in digital, so maybe you're spying on me. But uh, up, in, up in Pennsylvania, there was a, a political publication. And so you've been around for a while, and, and you, know, you and I have both seen... You know, I remember when we'd send out press releases on faxes, you know, and it's now where everything is data driven. And I'm always fascinated. And I think the American public is they go back and forth between fascination, not understanding things, thinking it's nefarious, but then responding right to it. It was like back in the day, it was like everyone hates negative advertising. But it's clear that negative advertising would work. Everyone used to hate robocalls, and it, now they've cracked down, but it was, robocalls were working. Yes. You see a lot of scandal and uh, regarding data-driven, data-driven whatever, and people hear data, big data, what are they using, what are they using, and I think they don't quite understand it. But from a very basic level, um, data and data-driven advertising, data-driven marketing allows you to see ads that are more relevant to you, right? So I'm not necessarily an alcoholic getting a ton of ads for vodka, right? Or, or well, technically, yeah. so we could do that. We don't, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, you know, 
from a breaking breaking down the the, the wall of fear and yeah. nefariousness, data driven advertising. What is it? And and you know, it's it's running the right ads to the right people, Kurt. That's all it is. And, and this this type of advertising has been around for forever. The difference now is that we have more efficient ways of communicating and more efficient ways of moving data. So moving data back you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago was expensive, inefficient, difficult. Now I can move A to B basically seamlessly for free in real time. I can deliver those ads to the, that audience that I want to in real time. I don't have to wait for a piece of mail to go. I don't have to wait for someone to knock on their door. You know, back in the day, if someone was selling encyclopedias, they would only target households with kids. Yeah. Like that is data-driven advertising. Yeah, like right. this is this is not new. This is this should not be scary. But you know, the scary parts are when that data gets out and and it's not treated properly. Um, but you know, we've been thinking about data security for through HIPAA through all, all kinds of things for, for decades. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, it was a John Wanamaker, the businessman, said <laughs> half of all advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Yeah. And today, there's kind of no excuse not to know which half, right? You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that slide... Kurt was on our original slide deck 10 really? years ago at this company. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and a big picture of Winemaker. Uh, so, right now, in political and public affairs advertising, somewhere around 50% of advertising is data driven in some way. So, that might be digital, that might be direct mail, that might be automated phone calls, live phone calls. And then the other half is broadcast. And that broadcast might be TV, radio, um, you know, billboards, whatever. Um, and in my view, that is the wasted advertising. You know, if you're driving past a billboard right. and you're not a likely voter in that district or you're never going to vote for that guy or that girl. Like this is th that kind of thing should be going away over time, but you know inertia is tough and it's going to take a while to get rid of. Yeah, it's. I, I remember uh, a campaign. Uh, I think that we actually you actually helped me with, but but it was it was a thing where people are run billboards, run billboards. It's on I-55. Do you know how many cars are on I-55? And I said, right, it's a county level campaign. How many people on I-55? This is near Chicago. Are from St. Louis? Don't live in the county. Yep. Do, you know. And oh, okay. You know, people don't think of that. Yeah. And you see so much, even from it, when breaking it down to, to a business point of view, um, and, and small business owners, you know, I'm active on LinkedIn, and they're like, I got fifty thousand views. It's like, right. But of those fifty thousand, how many of them are in your targeted customer persona? Yep. It's like. Many of them have never thought about a targeted customer persona uh, or political, the, the amount of candidates who, I want to be on Fox News. And a lot of it is because they watch Fox News and they're thinking, well, if I'm seeing it, someone else is seeing it. And we used to have, you know, like a uh, big yard signs, but the, the four by eight signs that the most important place for those is between the candidate's home and the yeah. office. That's it. And that's why, that's why yeah, they exist. Yeah, you know? yeah. Do you, do you still? Are you still seeing every that? day? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and and that that knowledge of, of addressability and advertising is, has uh, not really gone all that filtered down to every level of campaigning. So we get a lot of where's my billboard? I want. I'm not seeing my ads enough. I'm like, well, you're not in the target audience. You know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you shouldn't be seeing your ads. Um, we get a lot of that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, also Facebook likes, same idea. I had someone mm -hmm. that said, I want a million Facebook likes. I don't care where they come from. I just want them. So 
just get them as cheap as possible. So when you do that, the cheapest Facebook likes don't come from New York City. They come from, you know, Argentina. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Yeah, the, the, in, in the data, I mean, someone, I have a friend who uh, is a consultant with newspapers, and he was looking at the way a, a number of newspapers report their online readership mm-hmm. and then sell ads. Mm-hmm. And he, it was a Midwestern newspaper, I won't name it, said, you know, most 80% of their traffic is going to their NFL coverage of their local team. So if you're a mom and pop shop who wants to advertise specifically to someone in a customer persona, that may or may not fit it. Mm -hmm. And then breaking that down further, what they won't tell you is how many of those views are from China, Russia, yeah. or bots, or yeah. something like that. A great way to test that is to go, go look at a foreign newspaper. Go look mm-hmm. at, you know, uh, Jerusalem Post. Yeah. And you'll see ads either for something in Jerusalem, or you'll see something relevant to you in America. And you can see very quickly how those ads are produced or how they're targeted. And more and more, they're targeted to you, if you, even if you're looking at a foreign newspaper. And that's good. That's what we want. But newspapers like selling bulk, take everything, you can have it, go, go get a free haircut, get a cheap haircut in yeah. Tel Aviv. Like, that doesn't help me, you know? Right, so right. that's a way, great, great way to test it. Yeah. The, uh, well, and I remember sometimes uh, when we were working, you give us screenshots and, and our client wouldn't understand it. You know, they were in Wisconsin and we're sending them a screenshot from the Arizona Star or whatever the newspaper is. Like, why am I in an Arizona newspaper? It's like, no, you don't understand. Someone in Waukesha, Wisconsin was viewing it because it was an AP story or whatever. And so it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, Advertising and marketing by media outlet sometimes isn't as important as it's more following the person. Follow right? the eyeballs. I mean, we always talk about being screen agnostic, platform agnostic, which means I want to find an ad. I want to reach Kurt wherever he is. Today he's in Washington, D.C. You might see ads you know, for something uh, in, in, about South Carolina today. That means someone did their job right. And they've cookied me and they're following me yeah. around. And uh, is cookies still a thing? Do they cookies still use still that term? for a little while. Yeah. Uh, they're going to start, well, they've already started going away. I actually wrote an article about two years ago saying we've already passed peak cookie. cookie. Um, there's a whole bunch of other things that are going to replace cookies. There's ISP authenticated IP targeting. There's location targeting. Um, there's cookies in some level. Um, of course, identity targeting through Facebook and other sources. So it's kind of that all-in approach. Yeah. No and co- to everyone watching, to understand, cookies are kind of digital breadcrumbs that you can follow. So if you wanted to advertise to someone who buys dial soap, is in year three of a four-year foreign lease. Mm-hmm. Uh, polka dot with purple hair shops at Walmart, right? I mean, so yeah, we would we for in your case we wouldn't look for your name. Like your name doesn't associate with your cookie, but your demographic traits would. Sure, so if we're right. looking for like you know a, a good-looking thirty-plus-year-old man, you know, super wealthy and super successful. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, thirty plus. Yeah. I think thirty 40 plus. plus. Forty plus. Well, and that's that's the important part, right? Because people will think. You know, I, I, sometimes I get freaked out, right? I'll, I was at the gym, and uh, one of the trainers at the gym, who I'm friends with, was having a discussion, and they were talking about 40-yard dash times from like high school, yes. right? And he claimed that he ran a 3.9 in the 40-yard dash. And I was minding my own business, and I came up, and I said, yeah, and I, I'm about to bench press 15,000 pounds. Like, you'd be faster than any NFL player. Like, you'd be the one. No, no, I swear. Anyways, we joked around about that. I went home, logged on to Twitter, and I started seeing ads from Adidas mm-hmm. 
improve your 40-hour dash time, improve your 40-hour dash time. So I'll see things and then my wife will, will say things too and, and it kind of gets freaky, but I think the important thing is they're not following Kurt Mercadante. They're not following Jim Smith. They're following a I don't care what your name is, piece man. of data, like, right? You yeah. Your name does not matter at all to me. I just want to know that you're a, you know, a, these five things. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. That you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And and the data is. Yeah. I guess if someone wanted to sit in a laboratory and piece together all the data and reverse engineer it to your home, mm-hmm. it's but, theoretically possible. We we take a lot of steps to make sure that you can link back a cookie or an IP. Uh, uh, target to uh, personally identifiable data. So there's a whole bunch of things that we don't do to make sure that's the case. Yeah. Um, you know, there's holes in that system and we're working on fixing it. But again, like, I don't really care. And my clients don't care what your name is. They just want right. to know that you're, in this case, a likely voting whatever from this town. Is it, do you, is it the case that, well, certainly, I mean, there's memes that go around social media from some of the questions that get asked to Zuckerberg when he goes up to the hill. You know, uh, people that there are some people in the world who simply just do not understand the internet still. Um, but then you see a lot of hubbub that it, it, it's they can be political in nature, right? So I remember when I lived in Illinois, I would get ads, uh, pet owners for Obama. Then I would get this is uh, ads from Romney. Uh, that was just a general Romney ad that I saw for eight months trying to raise money. But the Obama ad would change, right? Because if I clicked on it, then, you know, they knew I had a pet. So this was being done, you know, back in 2012 and everyone, no one, but uh, then all of a sudden over the last couple years and you hear, I think there's a, a book now, Barnes and Noble on the Cambridge Analytica. Now everyone is terrified. Is it, is it simply because there are people with an agenda trying to go after the data-driven marketing industry, or is it, or they're trying to go after specific politicians who have used it, or, or people just don't understand it, or I think a combo? People don't understand. I mean, we're not tobacco. We're not even dangerous. I think what's going on is there's this fear of Cambridge Analytica that gets kind of mixed into the unknown, the great unknown about. Are the Russians all behind this? Where are the Chinese on this? Is you know, you know, tr- where where is who does Trump belong to, and all that right. stuff. And as a result, I think that the easy target is this, this very scary name from a you know being led by a foreign entity. In this case, you know, uh, British guy, um, right. who at the end of the day, Cambridge Analytica, the pipes weren't connected on the back end. It was all vaporware. So yes, they stole all this data from Facebook. And Facebook's got a lot, to, a lot of blame on that. But the data that they had, that Cambridge Analytica had, they never really used. Yeah. So like they had this giant trove of information, and they were basically just driving a, you know, a piece of shit truck down the street, calling it targeted. There was nothing. There, there. was nothing there. No. You know, but because of a lot of that blowback, right? You're seeing now Twitter, done, Google, Facebook is making it harder and, and to, to advertise from anything of a political nature, but not even a political nature, I mean, a policy nature. Yep. Um, who else? Uh, Snapchat is fact-checking their ads, which is hysterical because Snapchat does almost no political ads to begin with, so it's not that hard to check the couple dozen ads they get. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. And that gets yeah. that, that, that gets interesting because to fact-check something now, you, you almost have to take a, I mean, we see uh, uh, someone was fact-checking the Babylon Bee, which is like a, a version of the onion, and it's like yeah. you realize that's a fake I don't think news, newspaper. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, 
you know, but Google, now they're using AI to weed out hate speech. And right. what's happening now is uh, history professors are having their video about the Nazis yep. taken down. They're like, no, I'm not promoting Nazism. I'm trying yeah. to teach the I, class. I have trouble yeah. advertising our own our own work online because it, it gets snagged as political. We're not. I'm not promoting a candidate. I'm promoting our political advertising business. Is, oh, is that? I mean, to me, there's people. You know, Mark Hamill. Uh, I'm protesting Facebook because they're not giving up political advertising. But when you look at the political advertising, I mean, you may hate the candidate. You may not like the message they're going out with. But isn't the way not to regulate the people who are sharing a message? Because I think this could apply to, um, I had someone, uh, we were talking about health and, and pharmaceuticals, and they would you know, shut down any profit the pharmaceuticals are making. I think it could apply to this, any marketing, political or otherwise. Like, don't necessarily go after the advertisers. Yeah maybe empower people to be a little bit smarter, right? Because there's been untruthful or uh, untruthiness advertising forever. <laughs> Fake news is not new at all. We're better now at promulgating that, that information out there and we're better at targeting it in, a, in an efficient way. But this is not a new thing. You can go back. I mean, pol politics is the second oldest profession and fake news is the, <laughs> you know, it's been around for just as long. Yeah, yeah. It's Well, you look at, uh, you know, back in the day, right? Yeah. Benjamin Franklin had a number of newspapers. Thomas Jefferson had a newspaper attacking his own administration, but he didn't put his name on it. Yeah. And, you know, back then we had pretty good literacy rates. A lot more people were voting mm -hmm. because people applied critical thinking to yes. say, wait, that can't be true. I worry now that we don't have that critical thinking, but I also worry that our we've become more partisan, you yeah. know, and there is no agreed upon truth anymore. And there used to be a point where you could agree on a truth and, and disagree about how to apply it. Now there are facts, there's my facts and your facts, and those facts don't actually overlap, which right. is a really dangerous place to be. And the reason is that while fake news has been around for as long as news has been around, we're better able to target just Kurt or just Jordan with a very aggressive news feed. And like, we don't know, there's no Dan Rather, there's no Walter Cronkite anymore, there's Fox and there's MSNBC. Right. Yeah, and there, I just had this discussion with someone who was a big MSNBC person. I said, you understand? And they were like, I hate Hannity. I'm like, but they love Rachel Maddow. I said, you realize they're kind of the same person. Yeah. They're entertainers out to get ratings. Yeah. yeah, they have a philosophy and a worldview, but it's this, uh, we just had a, uh, an episode on tribalism, and people want a sense of meaning, and that's why they join gangs, that's sometimes why they get in organized religions, that's one time, and it can be good or bad, right, uh, and political parties, and, you know, it can, it, it can be good or bad, but if you empower and you're there because of a sense of critical thinking, and you can have a sense of empathy of, I don't agree with them, but I get where they're coming from. But we're, you know. And we're agreeing that there's, the, you know, the, the, the grass is green and the, and the sky is blue and the earth is not flat. Right. You know, right. and we've got, you know, we've got uh, people on both sides saying the earth is flat and, you know, and, and you know, um, all, you know it about immunizations and you name right. it. Right. And if we can't agree that, like, you know, measles should be stopped with a shot, like, I don't know how we're going to be able to, you know, survive as a civil society. It's, it's... When you talk about the, uh, I, I think what gets alarming is the um, uh, fact-checking, yeah. where all of a sudden it's like, 
if there is an article about something, whether it's political, whether it's about vaccinations or whatever, now suddenly Facebook is fact-checking something and saying, you can't do that. So there's been organizations now have been shut down. And when the fact-checkers almost become the gateway, now, one could argue it's their platform. Mm -hmm. They paid for it. You know, you see uh, what Dennis Prager and Prager use suing Google. And it's an interesting piece, right? Because uh, Dennis Prager's free market against government, but now wants to use that to sue Google. It's a, and he might be the same person who might make an argument about a private business being allowed to reject you. Right, it's a tough one. So the public square, the right to free free speech does not exist in Google or more importantly in Facebook. You can't scream fire in Facebook like a movie theater. Like, you can't, you're not entitled to say anything you want in someone's home. And that's what you're talking about with Facebook. And, you know, Facebook is, is, is in the toughest place of all because they've got Everyone hates them for everything at yeah. this point. They are they're in a no-win position. And everyone's on it. Yeah. And I, I guess that's the thrust of the interview, right? When is it considered the public square if it's privately owned? And I guess moving forward, where is the public square? And and what does it consist yeah. of? It's an interesting no debate. Anymore. That's, the, yeah. that's the problem. We don't see these mass protests because they're all doing it on Facebook. The problem is that Facebook is someone's private property. They can just flip a yeah. switch, turn it off. It is, it, I mean, it, it is scary to think that someone could just turn off your right, to, your, 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 not your right, to, your, but your speech. And they've done a, a pretty good job trying to work around this with, with independent groups of academics and um, VIPs, trusted individuals to kind of decide what's accurate, what's not. What should yeah. be, you know, the quote unquote Supreme Court on the face on, on Facebook, for example, you know, but you know we're we're in uncharted territory now. Yeah, you know, because theoretically anyone uh, could could start. Hey, I'm going to start my own news site, but how do people find that news site? Right. They search it in Google yep. or Bing. And so it's an interesting piece in terms of, yeah, what is the public square and where's that freedom to, uh, of assembly and speech? Because I could go out here, we're in D.C., I could go to what, Lafayette Park and, and I reach who? No one. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. But let's say I'm going to videotape it and I'm going to put it out there. There's always been gatekeepers. But Google could turn you off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They, they, you know, watch your mouth, Kurt. I mean, it, yeah. th- this is one of those places where you, I, I don't think you can look back to our, our founding fathers, look at the Bill of Rights, Declaration of Independence, and decide how to play this. Like, this is, we need really smart people thinking about the next 100 years, not looking back to 200 years ago to say, like, what really did they write about in the Federalist Papers that was going to help us guide how to deal yeah, with Facebook right, and Google? Deal with this, I don't yeah. think that exists right now, you know? Hey, everyone. This is Kurt Mercadante, and I want to thank you for being a loyal listener to Freedom Mindset Radio. You know, in this chaotic time of coronavirus chaos, it's so important for people to have a process to define, create, and live their lives of freedom and fulfillment. I lay out just that process in my Amazon bestseller, Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle. And in light of this turbulent time, I've dropped the Kindle price of my book to $4.50. 
That's a more than $2 drop in price. I do this because I truly believe that this is a process that will help those who need freedom and fulfillment now. Perhaps it's you. Perhaps you have spent the past five years, 10 years, 15 years trading away your freedom and fulfillment for a false sense of security and a toxic job and a lifestyle that doesn't fulfill you. And now you're realizing that security was an illusion and you want your freedom now. Go to fivepillarsoffreedom.com right now. There, you can get chapter one of my book absolutely free, and there's a link to purchase the book. As I said, we have dropped the price to $4.50 for the Kindle version of my book. I know the five pillars of the freedom lifestyle will help you define, create, and start living your freedom lifestyle now. Thanks again for being a listener. I wish you a day, a week, a year of freedom and abundance. So what, uh, you know, it was, man, at this point, going back 14 years, 15 years, I was at a conference, it was out in San Diego, it might have been a campaigns and elections conference, uh, and there was a consultant there uh, who, uh, you know, and this is 05, this is before Facebook, and he talked about the, his fear now, he was a political consultant, so he yeah. was making money off it, right? But about the uh, the notion now, and this was new back then, where I'm just listening to my podcast. I'm not listening to the radio anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, again, this is back in 04. Now this, this yeah. sounds so outdated. But now I have my music. I have Kurt's music list. Mm-hmm. And now you apply that to I have my list of podcasts. Mm-hmm. I'm not watching the evening news anymore and getting you, you can argue it's biased or whatever but you know maybe maybe that's the public square now you have advertising that is really targeted toward you know you may be getting a ton of trump ads that i never see and so his fear was that everything is so personalized that it's damaging the fabric of the country, right? Yeah. Do you do you feel that? It's, it's, I'm at the forefront of that. I mean, we're yeah. delivering personalized advertising, and we do really well. At this we do a great job. We've been around for a decade, but I see we're targeting. We're sending message A to Group A and message B to Group B, yeah. and and you can see. I, you know, I'm not going to claim responsibility for the tearing apart of the fabric of our right, lives, right, right. No, but right, you can but see yeah. what, what you know when people argue different facts. This is what happened, and you know, uh, there's a. I mean, this is, but this is not. New. I mean, Springsteen gave a speech in the 70s, no, in the 80s or 90s. Bruce Springsteen, sorry, I'm from New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Talked about how in the 60s and 70s, we all had the same music. And then he made a very specific point saying, you know, now I've got my music, you've got yours. We don't have, we don't even listen to the same, we're completely torn apart. And that's great because you get to express more creativity and everyone has their own specific likes. But the problem is that we don't agree that what's good or what's bad. Everyone agrees the Beatles are good. Not everyone agrees if, you know, you know, Metallica is good. Like there's a really, it's, this transcends not just political discourse, but every medium out there. I mean, I, I have faith, hopefully, I guess, that we, we figure it out, right? Because, you know, yeah, everyone has their Spotify playlist now and everyone has this or everyone, we were offline talking about Netflix and how the previews I get are different than yours because it's all behavioral and you may really like Adam Sandler movies and that's why Netflix, they find you times 
10 million, yeah. 20 million, and then pay Adam Sandler 200 million, because now they don't have to go out to the movie theaters yeah. and hope that enough people are attracted in. So I think it, it's a double-edged sword. There are great benefits to it. There, there was someone recently on Facebook who wrote a, uh, she wrote a book and was complaining about people just don't like good art anymore and good books, and it was 99 cents and they don't do that. And, and my thought is, back to the Wanamaker thing, you have no excuse not to go find, it's not that people don't like it, but I'm not in your target market. Right. So on one hand, it's like, well, I'm not exposing myself to, not not that her book is wonderful, right? I'm not saying that. I'm not being exposed to that, but on the other hand, she's got no excuse not to go find out the the, the ten people who are right. who really she can want find, it. You're yeah. into weird modern art. Go there. You can write. You know, you can do some SEO and find people that are into weird modern art. That's yeah. you know, not my thing. You know, but I, I, I'm hopeful that we are much better at being at delivering relevant advertising, and that's good because you can express your individuality in a, in a, in a greater sense. You can go find the art that you like. You're into you know impressionist yeah. art. Go buy it. Fill it. You can find it on eBay. You can find it on Amazon. Really easy to find. That that was not the case a couple decades ago. Yeah. So there's a lot of benefit to being able to be the person that you want to be and not because you're surrounded by fewer options. You have more options than ever before. And I'm hopeful that in the next, you know, I mean, we're looking at a very divisive election cycle, no matter what side you're on. Really? You think so? I think there may be, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm hopeful that we're going to look at the abyss. We're going to see, holy shit, this is where we could be going if we don't handle this the right way. And there's some scary stuff out there. Yeah. This is where we're headed if we don't get get you know get a handle on this and at least recognize that we're not all seeing the same truth. We're not all having access to the same artwork as and things like that. And we're going to see, wow, things could get really bad really fast if we don't figure out how to handle this and at least digest it and, and, and in a mature way manage that I'm seeing one thing, you're seeing another thing, and be able to talk to each other in a, in a mature way. Yeah, right, right. It's I, you and I have been around long enough to see that there are statistics on every side of every issue. So now when people tell me statistics, I'm like, I don't, I don't doubt you. I don't doubt that you believe that. And I don't doubt that that statistic exists. And, you know, now I, I always, every time I see a study, well, who's it funded by and, and where does it get? And, and, but I think that's part of the key of having freedom, right? Cause either freedom exists between your two ears of having a little bit of empathy yes. that that person across from you may have been seeing whatever truth they're being delivered yep. and they believe that and understanding they're not a bad person. Right. Maybe they are, maybe they're not, but that I've been seeing something and I guess maybe that's a good place to start and to actually do what we used to do, which is have a discussion. Yeah. But we lack that ability to even argue about, you know, it's, it's, it's scary. I mean, and really argue, not, not argue, Throwing insults, right. actually have a Having dialogue, a yeah. being able to change your mind. There's, you know, there's this really scary article that came out recently about maybe there's no such thing as the, as the moderate anymore. Maybe there's or, or, or swing voter. Maybe there's just yeah. no such. Maybe it doesn't exist. And if that's yeah. the case, like we're in a very different position than we thought we were right now. Yeah, it, it, it's funny because DC, uh, when I first came out here, gosh, I guess it's almost 20 years ago. Yeah. There was this notion that DC is so sharply divided. And then you get, at least at the time, you get out there and it wasn't. There was a lot of, uh, 
cross pollination and everything. You know. Yeah. Honestly, my best friends. I don't. I mean, all over the place. My best friends are my business competitors. Yeah. Um, of every party. Yeah. Um, we don't. They, we come over. We talk about kids. We don't talk about politics. Yeah. This is. I mean, it seems like a hyper politicized place. But the truth is, we walk out the door unless I'm taking a phone call from a client. Like we just want to live the same life and take care of our family and 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 you know and and perhaps because we see so much input from so many different players we're able to have a mature argument better yeah right. you know but you know but looking out there and you know driving 50 miles in every direction like I'm not asking anyone to change their mind, but I'm just asking for people to empathize with how the other side is receiving their information, processing it, and you know, dealing with it. Yeah, but a lot of that I think is considered uh, uh, you're part of the problem. Yeah. You know, cavorting with the enemy or whatever, and it's like no, we're, we're having it. Yeah, right. That's that's the thing. Yeah. And uh, once you've been out here for a while, and you you can get, you see how things work, and you understand that not everything's as it seems. Every trade association has their own study on the same issue, right? And, and, and same exact opposite. once you understand that, that, but but I think it goes back to that. It goes back to critical thinking. I mean, it's you know, there's one presidential candidate right now who will badmouth the amount of choices we have in stores, yeah. and wants to do away with. We don't need five brands of toilet paper, and we don't need this. It's like, well, we could use the power of the state to put those companies out of business and force choice on you, or we could say, be smarter. Empower yourself. I mean, it's just like any lifestyle thing, right? Like, I'm out of shape. I'm overweight. I could say, let's ban all food, mm-hmm. or we could say, hit the gym, right? Because yeah. we'd find we'd find another vice yeah. if it wasn't for food, yeah. right? So, you know, that, talking about the free market. I mean, one of the things to think of mind as we beat the crap out of Facebook and Google and Twitter and Snapchat is that. They're all from America. Like yeah. this is this is the country that invented all these right. amazing, you know, trillion dollar companies. Right? Yeah. Like that like you don't see that coming up in, in Latin America, Europe, China. Like this is like there's we're doing something right here. Yeah. You know? And and we're I, I think it's worth repeating again that they built it. We're on their platform playing for free. Yeah. And I saw someone recently complaining about the number of ads on Facebook and everything. It's like that's how they pay for the platform that you yeah. use eight times a day for free. Yeah, you know, and you know it, it's and not free, man. It's I'm paying. You're, you're paying for it by looking at my ads. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So what? So you know, a lot of people think about digital ads, and they're like, oh, they think of an ad that I see on a banner on a website, something like that, or or a Facebook ad. But digital's going way beyond yeah. that. I mean, uh, set top. You got. Um, ads, you know, you TV, it. we talked about yeah, it, I mean, Pandora, you know. Ago, yeah. it was a banner ad, a, you know, a square or rectangle on top of your article. Now, we do that as an accommodation or because we have to, but demand for that has really plateaued over the last few years. Really, where all the demand is is in moving video, is in video, yeah, right? So, video that is addressable, targeting the right person, the right household, the right segment, um, in a a million different formats. You've got pre-roll, so um, running ahead of the article that you want to see or the clip you want to see. Mid-roll, you see a lot of that on Facebook now. You've got CTV, which is connected televisions. You've got over-the-top OTT uh, video. There's a lot of options, and you know it's going to be an all-in approach over the next few years. Um, Pandora, of course, um, although it's not as addressable as you'd think. Spotify is a little more addressable. Although they don't like politics, yeah. so it's this ongoing, you know, battle where, where are we buying to be the most efficient and eliminate all waste in advertising. And, and but all of this is going to open up to uh, as prices drop, I guess, and as they yeah. get more to 
business owners and people running brands and, and yeah. things like that as well, right? I got two gentlemen C's in macro microeconomics in college and grad school. So I guess that's four gentlemen C's. Um, cried my way through stat, cried my way through calc. But the one thing that is super obvious is, is supply and demand. Demand is rising very quickly. Supply is trying to keep up. Um, but what happens is the pricing, you really see this in pricing. You know, the, the price of a, of a, a Vanner ad, or a, I'm sorry, a, a video ad online has gone up and down quite a bit over the last decade. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and you see now you got Disney Plus, Peacock's coming, yep. uh, who else? Uh, ESPN Plus, all of that. And it's going to be an interesting piece because you see Netflix all of a sudden in a month will lose like millions of subscribers and in the next yeah. month gain them. And they're looking and internationally. Yeah, so yeah. Disney's looking at growing in India by six million households. Like this stuff, this is this playbook has been written by the economists decades ago. What's fascinating. Like if you if you, you can see demand is growing, supply is they're trying to fill supply. You know, which may, might keep the price the same. You know, yeah. like there's really interesting dynamics at play. And while the playbook was not written for dealing with free speech on private property on Facebook right. and things like that, the playbook has been written for how do I, what should I expect in the streaming wars? Interesting, interesting. So, I always like to look at what business can learn from political, yeah. and what political can learn from business. I I, I always tell the story of. <laughs> I was working on campaigns and then I came over to the corporate world and there was a, a person two levels above me and I was a communications director. And at the time, we were past the point of, uh, of worrying about margins on press releases, right? Yep. Because we used to fax them out or hand them to people. Yep. Now we're emailing them, there are no margins, there's no, it's there. And we must have gone back and forth about getting the margins. And finally I said, you know, I just came off a campaign where I wrote a press statement on a cocktail napkin, which had actually happened in Iowa. I wrote it and said, here, yep. there's the statement. Um, and so at the time, I use that as an example of business has to, you know, be a little more guerrilla warfare. That's exactly what I, the first thing I thought of um, was, uh, when we talked about this was guerrilla um, and just move at the speed at which customers think. I mean, we, God, I mean, we we take we, we get a call Friday at five o'clock, you know, from a candidate or an issue group, and they say we need to be up ASAP. And usually the answer is, does that mean tonight, Friday night, or before start of you know business on yeah, Saturday? Right? Yeah, right? yeah. And and then on the other hand, we'll have some corporate clients on the other side of this that say I need this ASAP. And we say, do you need it tomorrow or tonight? And they say, oh no, like within six days. <laughs> and so from a from a you know political person's point of view. Having corporations and businesses think like their customers and act like their customers and cut through the red tape and, and, and the stuff that's just not necessary, like react in a normal human way and, and next day, same day, even if it's a weekend, like you're, you're, you're going to be so much better off and that's just the way, that's what customers are expecting now. And you could, yeah, you used to not be able to do that. I mean, you used to run ads in a, the newspaper. So on that point, you know, we've obviously seen newspapers because of it all goes back to the ad revenue going belly up or consolidating. Um, you see TV stations cutting way back, right? Because people aren't. But the bulk, when you look at political, the bulk of dollars politically are still going into traditional TV advertising because. Well, I think you used the word inertia before, and that's where people are used to getting their 20% or whatever on the TV ads. And 
when that crumbles, it's going to be interesting to see then, I think we haven't even seen the, whether you think it's the best or the worst or the true avalanche of media outlets going belly up and they going out of business. Less money out there. Yeah. Um, this year, about half of political spending will be addressable, meaning half of all the political spending, probably $5 billion just on the political side, not counting public affairs, will be at radio and, and, and TV and, and billboards. And it's wildly wasteful, but it's so easy. It's so easy to do. So what I think you're going to see over the next decade is that 50% of non-addressable broadcast media spend is going to, it's got to shrink to 20, 30, 35% at worst mm -hmm. or at best. Um, and that money is coming directly out of broadcast television, out of newspapers, out of billboards, out of radio. I mean, radio is almost a non-entity at this point with, mm -hmm. with a few exceptions. Um, that the, just the business case for using that medium doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I have a, uh, a monthly segment now on local TV news, mm -hmm. and someone said, oh, yeah, the, the audience that's watching it. I said, no, 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 the audience that's watching it, great. Yeah. I do it so I can take it. Yes. And then take it online and target yes. it to the people who in my audience right. and they say oh you're on TV so it's it's kind of that blend of yeah. of that but yeah. it's never going to go away i mean yeah. there's always i mean every household needs toilet paper and it's also a little cheaper to buy you know to buy a national ad promoting toilet paper like everyone's got a butt like you don't right, <laughs> right, like, right, right, i don't need to target people you know specifically with toilet paper yeah you know so there's going to be some cases that it just never goes away but you see you know there is the democratization i guess of a lot of this information so the public square is is who knows what it is it's not necessarily public but you got a guy like joe rogan mm -hmm. who now is getting yeah. Tens of millions of people yeah. listening to conversations, some of which you may agree with, some of which you may mm -hmm. not disagree with. It's almost, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, you know, Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Life finds a way. Maybe that's the answer, right? Uh, we'll, we, there's no answer necessarily yeah. in the Federalist Papers, but we'll just find a way and 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 slough through it. I guess like we always have. Uh, we will, but you know, we'll have to answer. I mean, there's there's we're gonna have to answer questions that have never been asked before. And you know the wild part is that between our collective seven kids, yeah, they've all got heroes and celebrities that you and I have never heard of. Right, right, and right. Like, how do you deal? How do you tell your daughter that that person's cool or not cool? Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, totally. And um, you know, I was having this discussion with someone last night about, um, and I, I think this would apply to political advertising as well. And. You know, as people see scandals and people hear terms like the swamp and all lobbyists are bad, they have to realize that ads being delivered by politicians or trade associations are part of the process of what makes the country great, right? Because in you go across the pond and China, you can't if you have, if you're caught like with uh, Winnie the Pooh, you're in trouble. It's subver subversive. Yeah. And here we have the freedom to to do that. Just as Thomas Jefferson could start a fake news, yep. you could start this now. And if if you are like one of my relatives who likes to just forward news without reading the story yeah. based on the headline that she think is she thinks the story is anti-Trump, but then you read it and it's pro-Trump, and she's forwarding it. 
but yeah. doesn't even realize she's, you know, people aren't reading the stories anymore. It's, that's kind of on us, on them. I mean, it's on the public, it's, right? It's, it's, and there's this wild perception of what's being spent in political because of it's, it's, it's reason, it's, it's public and it's exposed and it's recorded and that's a good thing. But, but being put in perspective, we're a pretty wealthy country yeah. and about as much as spent on politics is spent on Hello Kitty, mm -hmm. right. um, on pet food, on bubblegum. These things are all yeah. relatively trivial and we're freaking out about politics being, you know, being s that much money. It's not that much money when you look at kind of the entirety of our country. And yes, it's in your face and that's part of what we do. Right. But it's not like it's that much money. Yeah, when you when you look at it, it's it everything's through that lens again of of who's reporting on it. And so when you report about all this money in politics and whatever, yeah. every day, you, this Randy Gage we had on talks about mind viruses and the program yes. we get from all of this that some of which is supposedly in the unbiased public square. Some of it comes from pulpits, yeah. parents, teachers, not even media that's being delivered yeah. to you on Facebook. Uh, and so you may look at that. They're, and they're only, they're was only that the of, public square? They're you only sort of the other side spending. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> but I mean, nobody's arguing about the scourge of, of pet food. Uh, right. 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 Exactly. Well, some people might. You know, yeah. there, I think there's some candidates. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's too many brands of pet food. Yeah. Um, but it, it's cultural. That's the way we are. Right. We're America. Go yeah. big. Go. You know. Um, yeah. And you know, you go over to Europe, and they don't have the the Costcos and the the Sam's Clubs and. But nor do they have Google, Facebook, Snapchat, right? You know, Amazon, you name it. And, and on the other side, you know, they, there's China or some other have certain things, but they're closed and they're monitored, right. and they're therefore means other than delivering not, so, not a place free thought. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Well, Jordan, thank you so much. This has been an insightful discussion. I think. Yeah. Uh, it's a year where certainly people are going to get a lot of, and more and more targeted ads. Um, I, you know, one of the candidates running, Mike Bloomberg, I think when he ran one of his mayoral campaigns, he did something like, you know, normally you A-B test. Yep. He did A through Z tests of political mail. Yeah. And I think it was down to like, you know, we're going to mail these 20 people a mailer. Yeah. That's just a different form of what we're seeing now. Yeah. So um, thank you so much for shedding some light on thank it. Thank you.